Stevie Wonder got a head start on most musicians. He joined Motown Records when he was just 11 years old, and at 12 he released his first number one album, Recorded Live, The 12-Year-Old Genius. By the time he was 20 years old, Wonder was releasing classic tracks like Sign Sealed Deliver. He was already one of the greatest pop stars of his day. Then, at 21, Wonder's contract with Motown expired. What followed was an explosion of creativity, the likes of which we had never seen before, and may never see again. In a five-year period, Wonder would release five albums, eight top ten singles, and win 12 Grammys. Today, this incredible run is known simply as the Classic Period. Coming to you from Edinburgh, the birthplace of Harry Potter, Sir Shelf Connery, Penicillin, The Telephone, Robert Leary Stevenson, and the Bay City Bowlers. It's Trilling Musical Fire, and here's your hosts, Stephen and Paul Nicholson. So welcome to Trimming Musical Fire, the podcast where we trim albums that are too damn long. I'm Stephen Nicholson. And I'm Paul Nicholson. And thank you for joining us as we take our invisible scissors to Stevie Wonder's seminal 1976 double album, Songs in the Key of Life. What's going to make the under 50 minute single vinyl TTMS supercut of the album? Sir Duke, Isn't She Lovely? As Pastime Paradise? Keep listening to find out. And we'll also find time to do regular features like Joke of the Pod, Tale of the Tape, Critical Reception, Trim the Talk, Archive Interview Clips, Revisit the Year of Release, and The Final Questions. This is Caroline. And this is Marisa. We're the Eves, and you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. And this year's favourite soul album, the winner is Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie yeah. Wonder. On behalf of Stevie and everybody involved, we'd like to say thank you. See you later on. Thank you. So it's time to introduce our guest, friend of the podcast and recent winner of the annual John Mellon Memorial Golf Mug, Davy Mellon. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> good, good, good. So you just recently back from Turkey golfing, Davy. Good times? Ah, it was excellent. Um, I can say I've won the John Mellon Mug. I've been nice. trying to win that for about 10 years now and finally happened. So oh, delighted. There we go. Can I see your teeth? Have you just here? come back from Turkey or you're here? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes and gets but, their, their yeah, operations. It's a yeah. <laughs> Only 150 euro. Yeah, yeah I know. Very good. So um, so we're talking Stevie Wonder today. What's your, your level of fandom? So we'll maybe stay with you, Davey. Yeah, I've been listening to Stevie for a a long or Stevie Wonder has been hits for a long time now. Um, really? I've, I've since I was a bairn, I remember listening to him when I was like four or five year old or something. But I uh, love him. I wouldn't say I've got yeah. many of his albums, but this is definitely one of the ones I have. I did, but uh, yeah, um, no, he's he's, he's he's brilliant. Yeah, what about you, Paul? Yeah, so probably like a, a lot of people of our generation. They probably heard the worst Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. I know. Uh, the worst Stevie Wonder song I just called Say I Love You, which is probably the first song that a lot of us of our generation heard. And it is a bit similar to Billy Joel in that at that time all you heard was Uptown Girl as well. And then, But actually years later when I went into the 
their back catalogue, you think you did a lot of brilliant stuff, much more than what you thought at the time when you were growing up. When, uh, and a lot, of, particularly the Steve Wonder 60s stuff as well, the Motown stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm more familiar. I'm not, I think in the last couple of years, I've been more familiar with his solo albums, but up to then, it was just like the compilation album I had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, do you remember the first Stevie Wonder thing you ever bought, Paul? It was, I think it was the late nineties. The best, like a bit best of, because mm. it had a yeah. cover of Redemption song on it by Bob Marley. There was a cover that okay. was the last song. Yeah, uh, I think it was the late nineties. I got it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, David? You remember the first Stevie Wonder product you ever bought? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but it was more like. Uh... Borrowed is more more than one. Like, uh, like my brother def definitely had the the greatest hits, and uh, in fact, my dad I think got this album. I don't know why he had it on CD. I think he must have got on uh, Britannia and never returned it. <laughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he borrowed it. Yeah, <laughs> he borrowed it. Yeah, <laughs> so he just kept it. <laughs> but I, uh... yeah, for me, I I, I think um, I'm. I feel like an appreciator of Stevie Wonder without really buying anything of his. Yeah. Um, I appreciate his work. Uh, and as I think he's a fabulous singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. I mean, the guy's obviously hugely talented and I know so many of his songs. How would you not? Just from radio yeah. play over, over the years. Um, but I think the first thing I ever bought of his was only maybe in the last five years where I bought on eBay the seven inch, uh, he's Mr. Noel, which is an incredible mm. song, absolutely fantastic song. Yeah. Uh, and uh, although I will say, on the back of listening to this album for the first time in the last month or two, I have now got my order in for the double vinyl version of Songs in the Key of Life. So mm. that's maybe giving you a bit of advance warning what I think <laughs> of it. Uh, but yeah, so I've got that, got that on the way. It's the tale of the tape. Released in 1976, Songs in the Key of Life is a landmark studio double album by US singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Stevie Wonder. And an ambitious and expansive release, it received widespread critical acclaim and won several Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year in 1977. Some of the album's biggest hits include I Wish, Sir Duke, Isn't She Lovely?, and as. These songs continue to be popular and still receive regular radio play. The album features a wide range of musical styles including soul, funk, R&B, jazz and even classical elements. This diversity showcases Stevie Wonder's incredible musical versatility. The album's lyrics touch on various social and political issues such as love, racial harmony and societal changes. That was easy to say. There were 17 tracks on the original album, plus a 7-inch bonus EP with four tracks called A Something Extra. Uh, so let me read out all 21 of these tracks to you. So the 21 songs start with Love's in Need of Love Today, Have a Talk with God, Village Ghetto Land, Contusion, Sir Duke, I Wish, Knocks Me Off My Feet, Pastime Paradise, Summer Soft, Ordinary Pain, Isn't She Lovely, Joy Inside My Tears, 
black man. I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, the next one there, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I am singing. We'll leave it at that. Uh, if it's magic, as another star, Saturn, Ebony Eyes, All Day Sucker, and Easy Going Evening, my mama's call. So, <laughs> the album is 104 minutes in duration, which means we need to lose at least 54 minutes today. And there were five singles released from the album, and they are uh, I Wish, which was released in December 76. Isn't She Lovely, released in February 77, although it was a non-US and UK single. Sir Duke, released in March 1977. Another Star, released in August 77. And the final single was As, which was released in October 1977. So, Paul, what was the critical reception to the album and its sales? Okay, so at the time of the album's release, reporters and music critics and everyone who had worked on it travelled to Longview Farm, a recording studio in Massachusetts, for a press preview. Everybody received autographed copies of the album and Wonder gave interviews. Critical reception was immediately positive. The album was viewed as a guided tour through a wide range of musical styles and the life and feelings of the artist. It included recollections of childhood, of first love and lost love. It contained songs about faith and love among all people and songs about social justice for the poor and downtrodden. In the Village Voice's annual critic poll, it was voted as the best album of the year. So the album sold 11.6 million copies worldwide and it went to number two in the UK and number one in the US. In the UK it went platinum and in the US it went diamond. So diamond is five million copies sold and it was also his best selling album. I came up with the title Songs in the Key of Life. To me, that was a challenge to actually um, do an album relating to life or saying uh, songs in the key of life, it's impossible to cover all of what life is about. As much as Motown wanted to be finished and to be, to be done, to be released, um, I mean, I wanted to finish it as well, but I didn't want to finish it as much as I wanted for it to be a representation of how and what I was feeling at that time. It's time for us to put on our shades, grab the landline and call someone to say we love them as we trim the talk. The feature where we are all asked the same questions and have to answer them all in under three minutes. So gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Then let us go. So so first question, here we go. Uh, describe Stevie Wonder in three words. Magical Motown Maverick. Motown Genius singer. Okay, uh, I'd say shaky headed legend. <laughs> have you seen Stevie live? Yes. You have? I have, yes. Oh, oh well, we'll come back to you, uh, Paul. No, I've not, no. Okay, me, me neither. Uh, Favourite Stevie Wonder album? Songs in the Key of Life. Inner Visions. Songs in the Key of Life. Your favourite Stevie Wonder song? My Sherry Amour. He's Mr. Know-It-All. Same for me. He's Mr. Know-It-All. Uh, when was the first time you heard this album? Maybe about 20 years ago. Maybe 30 years ago, maybe, actually. 
when I got Apple Music two years ago, so I think I, I listened to a lot of his sort of 70s albums. So about, about two years ago. Two minutes left. Um, yeah, uh, I think last month. <laughs> so it's Apple Music started listening to it because I knew we were doing this. Um, your favourite track from the album? Uh, another star. I'm going to be a bit left field here, Ebony Eyes. Oh, well, I'm going to say Sir Duke. Your least favourite track on the album? Uh, the last one, what's that called? Easy Going. Aye. My mum was, really? Oh, Davey. Damn it. Uh, Paul? Joy Inside My Tears. All right, I'd say uh, Contusion. And your album rating out of five? Uh, 4.5. Okay. 3.0. I would say 4.0. Okay, gentlemen, well done. We've done that within the, the three minutes. Uh, so let's pick up on a couple of things. The first being, Davey, you've seen Stevie Wonder live. When when was that and where was that? I did. It would be four years ago last June. And the reason I remember that, I was invited to, uh, last at my work. Um, she invited me to her wedding and she got married on the same day. And I said, no, I cannot commit this because I'm going to see Stevie. Stevie came to the wedding. So every 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 year when it's her anniversary, I always go up to say happy Stevie Day. Oh. <laughs> but I went to Hyde, Hyde, I went down to Hyde Park in London to see it. Oh right. Nice. And I think the support act was uh, Lionel Richie. Oh wow. And, uh, well Richie's good. As an excellent day, I had a bit of a nightmare getting down because I arrived at Waverley and my train was cancelled so it was a bit of a <laughs> having to get a, a cross-country battle to get down I had to switch trains somewhere down, I can't even remember Bradford or something, I, I, I can't even remember but it was like, had a minute to change trains and I was like running along the platform to try and jump <laughs> on the next one to get the, the train down but that turned out brilliant, it was uh, absolutely immense, it's one of my top 10 favourite concerts Ah, oh, superb! And what was that? Was was Stevie in good voice? He was. I that he had all the hits. He was his voice was tremendous. Um, I think he just that was his last gig before. I think he had to go and get some like a, a new kidney or something like that after it. So that was his, right, one right, of his gig. last gigs. I uh, was. He was a. Uh, I think it's something to do with his kidneys anyway. But he was. Right, okay. he, he did right. say it was going to be his last gig for a while. So right. I don't know if he's been out since then. Uh-huh. And uh, what was the best song on the night? Uh, Sir Duke. Yeah. Sir Duke. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So, happy days. I didn't know you'd seen, seen him. Brilliant. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, again, it's one of these guys where you're, uh, you just don't know if you'll have the opportunity again. Mm. I mean, oh, Stevie that, Wonder that, will that... be... What, uh, late 70s, 80s. now? 80s. Yeah, 70s. Wow. But, but mate, Gareth, um, he's seen them, must have been in like the 90s or the 80s, uh, at the, in the Playhouse. Oh, and wow. And he, and he said it's like, it, hands down, it's the best gig he's ever seen in his life, and he's been there a lot. <laughs> so I went, can he really be right. that good? And then I went down to see him in, oh, um, wow. 
Hyde Park went, actually, you're not far off. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is David from In the Lap of the Pods, Queen Podcast. And you are listening to another episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. Slanjavar. Let's actually talk about the the album itself and what you you, you think about it. So, Paul, I think we would now we we try you know all of us try not to discuss what we think about albums before the show. Uh, so we're actually discussing it for real when we record. Um, but before, I think you'd said the other day, uh, just in passing, that you were a little bit disappointed on revisiting it. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it wasn't as good as I remembered. But then I listened to it again today, uh, like all the way through, and I enjoyed it more, funnily enough. But it's for me, it's not his best album, I don't think. Right. Although I'm sure no? we would differ. But no, I think his earlier 70s albums are better. Okay. Uh, well, what do, you, what do you like about it, though? I suppose I like the diverse diversity in it. There's so many different styles. And it's maybe more evident because it's a double album as well. You're more aware of all the different styles. Uh, yeah. I probably, if I was to have a criticism, it'd probably be, I think a lot of the songs are too long and that's maybe what <laughs> puts it down the the ratings for me. I mean, you should say so. The songs well, that are good are, are, are brilliant, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Uh, that was I did not note that, but we'll come on to that. Well, <laughs> you, know. you, David? <laughs> I no, well, like I say, I've known it for quite quite some time. It's not one that like I listen to a lot, um, but you just know it because it's was from listening to Zay Peter Hits, where I really started to get love love of his music. And I've been listening to that for what thirty odd years, probably longer. So, like. It's good to know the different styles that he's they go through in this album, and you can you clearly is um, showing showing the vast knowledge he has of all these different styles. Like you say, funks. He's got like some samba stuff in there. He's got he's just got a bit of everything. Um, but I I do like the longer songs. The longer songs, he really got to showcase his talent for me. Um, yeah, that's just a a really great album. And I think um, it's good. It's going back to listen to it, like after the nineties, and you, and then you go, and how influential he's been, and you, and you start recognizing mm-hmm. the songs. Like, wait a minute, that's a. Uh, I didn't know that was Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder. That's I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was really yep. was Will Smith. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, it's. I mean, that, that's one of the things I took took from it as well. That. Um, so many, I mean, because for me, this is the first time I've listened to a, a, a studio uh, album by Stevie Wonder, and I was very impressed. Uh, and it is the sound of a man on top of his his game, I think, uh, vocally, musically, lyrically. Uh, I think there's a lot of ambitious stuff on there, it's socially aware. So mm. it's, it's really good in that respect. And... But yeah, I was I was the same. Um, it's like, oh, that song that was mm. covered by George Michael and Mary That's J. Right, Blunt. Yeah. Each, uh, I remember that. Oh yeah, Gang- that was- Gangsters Paradise Coolio. Um, <laughs> oh, Wild Wild West by Will Smith. You know, <laughs> so a lot a lot of these songs you've heard 
uh, heard before in some form or another. Um, and you know, talk about. I know George Michael covered quite a number of his, of his songs. And you know, one of the things that listening to this album, I can totally, totally hear Stevie Wonder's influence and in how George Michael sings. I mean, some of these songs you'd think you're actually listening to George Michael, <laughs> the, the the way they're sung. Uh, so obviously, he was a huge influence on George Michael, um, and obviously another person that's very clearly influenced him was by Jay Jay from uh, Jamiroquai, who's basically built a career based on Stevie Wonder's work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, um, very much uh, copying that sound. You don't think um, so? No, I was impressed in... with the album, uh, but I agree. No, no, you go. No, it's Maroon Five. Yeah, do you not think they sound a bit like? Nah, nah. I thought they did as well, actually. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, but no, I was going to say I agree with you on the length of the songs. Um, it's as if uh, Stevie couldn't find the off button on the tape machine <laughs> to turn things off. Because um, yeah, too many of the songs, even the ones I picked for this, I think, I think outstay their the their welcome, uh, and I think some are not worthy of of in- inclusion um and we'll talk about the songs that i think are, are, are too long um but there's nothing on it i would say is outright a bad song um there's just some that are better than others uh, and overall yeah mm. it's an excellent excellent album and i'm glad uh, i finally got round after all these years to to, to listening to it because i know it's, it's a, a renowned classic so stevie wonder's top selling albums worldwide were Talking Book at number five with 6.5 million copies sold. Number four, The Woman in Red with 6.6 million copies, which is a soundtrack as well. At number three was Inner Visions with 7.1 million copies sold. At number two was Hotter Than July with 7.4 million copies sold. And the number one album is this album we're gonna talk about today, Songs in the Key of Life, which sold 11.6 million. Well, Songs in the Key Life, it, as Steve mentioned earlier, it's um, it was something that we were definitely too wrapped up in at the time to really be ob- objective about it. Looking back on it now, um, I really have to thank Steve for giving me the opportunity to to uh, sort of make whatever musical history that we didn't think was history at the time, but it obviously um, uh, is a classic to some people. It has vision. It has certainly elements that relate to the time period in which it was created, but the lyrical approach, the musical approach, go beyond the time to the extent that it's no surprise to us that uh, 2000 is a few years away. People will still be able to listen to Sgt. Pepper. They'll still be able to listen to songs in the key of life. Stevie Wonder especially with that record, you know, made a mark in music, and that is that popular music can be art too. So yeah, uh, which songs are going to be signed, sealed, and delivered to a place on the TTMS Supercut, and which are going to be feeling uptight as they're discarded in a village ghetto land? It's time to create a TTMS Supercut of Songs in the Key of Life. For this, four selection, we're including all 17 songs that featured on the original release of the album, plus the four-track 
songs on the bonus EP. But before we talk about the songs, let's talk about the, the album cover, the artwork, uh, and just see what we think. So, uh, Davey, what do you think of the album artwork? Yeah, I think it's um, become quite I- I- iconic for uh, Stevie, uh, Stevie album. It like, really grabs you, and uh, it's got like the the orange circles and just him in the middle. I think everyone would recognise that, or quite a lot of people would recognise that album when they've seen it. Just if it was in the shop window, they would recognise it instantly, I think. Yeah, it's a really iconic album cover, really cool. I've got it on here, actually, because it's on Apple Music, so you've got the 3D one, where it's mm. yeah, the, the cover. But no, I think it's really good. Well, so, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's iconic. It, it's all right for me. Um don't really have that much more to say. Although, as I said before, I've ordered the the record, and I might have more to say after I've got that, where you actually get to see. I know yeah. it's a gatefold sleeve and everything. So um, again, once I see the the full thing, I might uh, have more to say say about it then. This is Eric Paul Johnson from Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song by song podcast, and you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. Oh dear, that wasn't my fat I trimmed. Okay, what we're going to go through is the songs where at least two out of the three of us had selected them. And those are the 10 songs that make up the TTMF Super Cup. Um, So the first of those songs, uh, well, let me ask our guest, which one do you want to talk about first, Davey? Love and Need of Love Today. Okay, first song on the album. Uh, right, so love the need of love today. Let's listen to a bit of it and then we'll talk. Loves in need of love today. Let me give you a couple of facts in relation to it. So, Stevie Wonder wrote this, uh, the song in a New York hotel room in 1974 and recorded the original demo there. And in 1985, he performed the song live as a duet with George Michael for the Motown Return to the Apollo TV special. Uh, and I did not know that they duetted on that. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> be able to track that down on uh, on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, Davey, you you picked it, um, and this was one of the songs you wanted on the the, the supercut, as did I. Uh, what do you like about it? Yeah, so for me, it just feels like a, like a warm hug. It's just so mellow. Um, like I love the softness of the the backing vocals. There's layers upon layers of like different instruments all working together in harmony. So like not one instrument takes center stage. Um, and Stevie's vocals are incredible. Um, yep. It's seven minutes long, but it doesn't <laughs> outstay its welcome. And it just goes off softly in the distance if it ends. I think it's fantastic. And yeah. I'm just wondering about Paul if he's got some something against songs that go over four <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> 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 or, uh, well, it. 
Let's ask him. Let's ask him. Paul, you didn't pick it. Why not? <laughs> it just took too long to get into it for me. It was too long, the song. It just didn't... Because when I think about yeah. Goodbye, Albert Road, the first song, that's like 11 minutes, but it's brilliant. And uh, Station to Station, David Bowie, was 10 minutes, and their openers as well. But for that, it just feels a bit... It takes too long. It's just a bit... Average really not doesn't really grab me, so that's why I don't. Okay, um, okay. Uh, well, actually, I, I kind of agree with elements of both of what you're saying. I, I I picked it. I think it's a great song, and um, I still think it goes on maybe a couple of minutes too long. Uh, but yeah, it's got a beautiful chorus. Um, and I like the choral kind of uh, introduction, which apparently. Stevie Wonder overdubbed his own voice to, to create that kind of choral effect at the, the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but no, uh, this song has a real ear one in it. Uh, even today, I've been kind of in the you know, going around singing it, so it's got a real earworm. Um, so yeah, I'm glad it's made the supercut. I think it's really, really good. Um, so moving on, let's go to a song, Paul, which you did pick, and so did I, and that is "Have a Talk with with God." So let's hear a bit of it. So have a talk with God, Paul. You picked it. What do you like about it? Just felt that was a a nicer way to start the album. It just felt more, there was more melody to it than the first track. And it was, I think it was, what, three and a half minutes or something. So it just kind of grabbed me more than the first track. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. I think for me, this this was the song that from the first couple of listens to the album, I had kind of disregarded. And as I've repeatedly listened to it, it's the song that's went up the most in my estimation. And I really, really like it now. I like the positive uh, uh, lyrics on it. And obviously, it's got a religious theme to it there. Um, but the I think the musical backing on it is, is brilliant. Uh, it's actually really interesting if you listen to it on headphones. Um, and it's got a similar kind of effect on it in the background to the chorus of the Beatles song Birthday. That, that kind of musical box type something going on in the background there, which is really, really cool. And so, yeah, no, I think it's a really good song. Uh, you didn't pick it, David? Just, just one of the one of the songs you, you didn't like as much or got an issue with it? Um, well, I think uh, this is probably one of the first one or two songs that got cut from the album for me. I had no intention of uh, picking this <laughs> this one, and <laughs> I think it's uh, for me. It's just a bit too religious for me. Um, with the lyrics like "Feeling right, I'm by God." Um, 
Well, kill yourself. I'm a word with the big man. Can you play all this one? Have you forgot about that? I'm like, come on. Uh, it's just a bit too religious for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, well, let me give you a couple of facts in relation to the tune. So it was nominated, uh, so it wasn't a single, but it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Inspirational Performance. What a strange category, uh, which it lost out on, <laughs> never won the Grammy. And it was a co-write with his brother, uh, Calvin Hardaway. There we go. So let us move on to maybe one that we all picked, which is um, Village Ghetto Land. Oh, no, but in fact, no, we didn't. I think it was only me and Paul that picked this one, Village Ghetto Land. So, yeah, let's, let's hear a clip from it. He's buying dog food now. Starvation roams the street. Babies die before they're born, infected by the creed. Now some folks say that we should be glad for what we have. Tell me, would you be happy? Will it get to so that was Village Ghetto Land. So that was uh, the song was a co-write with poet and lyricist Gary Burt. And um, Stevie Wonder plays all the instruments on this track, which is very impressive. So I'll maybe kick us off on this one. Um, uh, what I like about it is I actually like the social commentary on this, which is really good. Obviously pa- painting a picture of uh, the mid-70s poor black communities uh, in the US, uh, the struggles. So I like that. And uh, I think there's a real, I'm sure at the time, what must have been quite um, groundbreaking, you know, the the use of the synthesizers to create uh, a symphony, which is really quite impressive. And it's almost like, it's almost classical in its design, isn't it? That Baroque type style, which is quite interesting to do. So um yeah, big fan of the song. I think it's really, really good. Uh, Paul, you're also a fan. Why? Yeah, it's just whenever I hear it, I just uh, see Michelle Pfeiffer in a school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just a brilliant, really good song. No, it's one of the... no you're thinking that, of Pastime Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> oh. Oh, what song are we doing, sorry? The Village Ghetto Land. <laughs> oh. so, the, sorry, I'm the, thinking the, of the, the, did Michelle Pfeiffer do a sitcom? <laughs> we don't know about it. Yeah. Sorry, I was getting... Yeah. Gangster's Paradise 2. Get a lad. Yeah, no. Down in the village. So, yeah, this song, I like a bit like what you're saying there about the, the synth. I think that's maybe what it feels like. They just sound about... It would have been good if the, if it was like real strings there, and I think maybe that's what. Because I think at the time it's new, like you're saying, it's innovative and stuff. At the time, it's like try this new sound. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but for me, I think that's a really good song. But I just felt if it was real strings, it just sounds a bit tinny compared to what yeah. it could have. But I think it's a good song. But mm-hmm. yeah, the production. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Makes it a bit more dated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if and, and and if they had used uh, obviously 
real strings. Yeah, it would have mm-hmm. sounded better. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Davey, you didn't didn't pick this one. Not a fan. Uh, no, the the opposite. I, I do really like the song. In fact, it was probably the last last one that got got cut from the album, and it's <clears> purely <throat> just for the the time constraints. I mean, there's only so many seven minute songs you can fit into a fifty minute cut. So I think we're doing a bit of a, a misservice by yeah. trying to get down to 50 minutes. I think maybe we should have tried to make 70 minutes for this one, considering the length of it. But um, for me, it's, I just love the simplicity of the the, the song. I think it, I really think it didn't sound sort of like heralded in what was to come with the 80s. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's the reason I like, like this one. But no, purely time constraints, it's a great song. Time. Yeah, good tune. Well, now move on to the top. <laughs> Top 10 grossing movies worldwide in the year 1976, where I was minus one. So, at number 10 is The Bad News Bears. At number nine is The Enforcer. At number eight is The Omen. At number seven is All the President's Men. At number six is Silver Stake. At number five, A Star is Born. At number four, Midway. At number three, King Kong. At number two, To Fly. And at number one is Rocky. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go on to one that, that we all definitely picked, which is uh, one of the most famous songs from the album and one of Stevie Wonder's most famous tunes, which is Sir Duke, and here it is. With an equal opportunity for all to sing, dance, Okay, so that was Sir Duke, which was a US number one and a UK number two. Um, and it was written as a tribute to jazz legend Duke Ellington, who had died mm. in 1974, which I actually never knew until researching um, researching for the album. Um, so there we are. It kind of makes perfect sense. But yeah, never, never put the two and two together. Um, so yeah, Sir Duke, uh, maybe come to you first, Davey. What do you like about Sir Duke? Yeah, this is probably one of the first Stevie songs that I actually loved. Um, mine being in back of uh, Hyde Park, seeing it live, it's a, it was an absolute cloud pleaser. Uh, the audience participation in this song was incredible. We'll sing along with the chorus and the do 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 do. Having 8,000 people doing that, it's, uh, mm. it's brilliant. It just really gave me goosebumps at the time when I was listening to Hyde Park. And the chorus is just so catchy and like the brass in it is just yeah. incredible. Yeah, agreed. Paul? I was just going to say, at the start there, it was really, I don't know if you'd noticed, it was really, there's a weird coincidence there because if you look at the playlist that I'd sent you for this album, what what had I been listening to before that? If you look at the bottom, I don't know if you've got it there. Duke Ellington. 
that's just pure coincidence. No. I was, well, I yeah, no, I had, I had, I had, no, I had noticed that. Yeah, the other that day. was just pure coincidence. And, and <laughs> obviously, Sir Duke. So it was just yeah, <laughs> uh, bizarre. It, yeah, it's just it's just a bright, upbeat song. I think it sounds a bit McCartney-ish, actually, like quite a upbeat, positive, catchy mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And like Opla Di Opla Da, mm-hmm. you know, just that sort of gets everybody going and just stay positive. And it's it's one of those songs as well. You know, there's a lot of songs that you know the song, but you don't know the title. And I think this is one of those for a lot of people they say, I like that song. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what it was called. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think this is one of those, but yeah, it's a brilliant, uh, one of the highlights of the album, definitely. Yeah, well, it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's my my uh, favorite song on the album. It's just, yeah, it's just upbeat, it's catchy, great horns in it. And I think, obviously, again, just uh, researching for the episode today, it's the first time I've sat down and listened to the song properly and actually listened to the lyrics, and I didn't realize it was reference and obviously uh, Duke Ellington, Kevin Bassey, Glenn Miller, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitz- Fitzgerald. So just a really good tribute to these guys, these musical legends as well. So yeah, top, top tune, one of Stevie Wonder's best. Alrighty, so we're four songs in and the fifth track that's getting on to the, the supercut is um, another song which we all picked and it's I Wish and here it is. as I wish a couple of facts in relation to it so it kicks off side two of the album obviously double vinyl so there's four sides it was the first single off the album it was a number one US hit and Stevie Wonder won the best R&B vocal performance for this track at the 19th Grammy Awards yeah maybe come to you first Paul what are your thoughts on I wish yeah really good another one of the songs you didn't know the title but you knew you liked it uh, just a really it, it, it really it's a good mixture of like maybe 60s, early 70s soul, but then it's going into the sort of disco era, which 76 mm-hmm. is going into that. So just really, really catchy and maybe sounds a bit like higher ground, maybe a wee bit as well, that sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, just really catchy, brilliant song. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely love this song. Um, so the, the bass intro like just instantly pulls you into the song and it was like, Famously used by Will Smith, um, <laughs> or sampled by Will Smith in the Wild Wild West. Wild West. When I roll into the Wild West. When I stroll into the Wild West. When I bounce into the Wild West. It's cold. It's cold. And the song was arguably <laughs> better than the film. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love the brass in it, uh, especially the short blasts of the, the horns that really punctuate the lyrics as well. It's a great song. 
Yeah, I'm the same as you. I can't listen to this without hearing uh, the well, well, west, well, 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 west. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, don't don't talk about my wife. Yeah, <laughs> that that Will Smith. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I agree with everything you guys have said. Funky, great horns, uh, really propulsive. Uh, you know. You, you, if, if your feet aren't tapping along to this, there's something wrong with you. Uh, and I like the lyrics as well. When you listen to them, just about uh, talking about going back to his childhood and stuff. So it's really yeah. quite, quite, quite uh, a good, a good listen on the lyrics front as well. So yeah, top tune, top tune. Uh, as is the next one, which is another unanimous choice. And uh, one Paul was very keen to talk about too early, and it's uh, pastime paradise. And here it is. Men spending most their lives living in a pastime paradise. Men spending most their lives living in a pastime paradise. Men wasting most their time glorifying days long gone behind. Men wasting most their days in remembrance of ignorance or dispraise. Tell me who are them? Okay, so that was Pastime Paradise, uh, and that was one of the first ever songs to use a synthesizer uh, to sound like a full string section. And the, the gospel choir that appear on the song are the West Angeles Church of God. So, Paul, since you were so keen to talk about it, it probably makes sense to start with you. <laughs> well, this is an example of the keyboard working well compared mm-hmm. to... Village Ghetto Land, where the, the the keyboard for me just doesn't sound, it sounds dated. Yeah, whereas this, it just it, it's a good example of how it uses it and it enhances the song. And it's it's one of those songs as well when you're listening, you're like, did he do that song? Like you were saying earlier, you know, songs from the nineties. You're like, and that just shows you how talented Stevie Wonder is that all these people are sampling them and covering. Absolutely. Uh, but it's just a really yeah, really great, great, great vocals as well. I mean, what else can you say about a song that created one of the biggest, the best songs of the 90s? I mean, it's got that really yeah. catchy hook that clearly exploited uh, so well. Um, just goes to show the influence that Stevie had throughout his musical career, like nearly 50 years on from him writing this originally and if Gangster's Paradise comes on in a boozer on Saturday, everyone will be up dancing. <laughs> They'll go minute well, after even... minute, hour after <laughs> hour. <laughs> <laughs> even the ones that were too young even to remember the nineties <laughs> don't know this song. Yeah. So it's just a true testament to Stevie's legacy and his influence on modern music. Well I'll... I really like to call 90s modern music these days. Oh, I know, I know. Still is to what do you what do you prefer, Stevie Wonder or um, Coolio? Uh, it's, it's, uh, Stevie Wonder is just uh, tremendous, but Coolio's it's uh, it's hard to pick between the two of them. They both got their own individual. Undoubtedly, Coolio is tremendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't listen to this without thinking of Gangsters yeah. Paradise by by. Coolio, actually, I think maybe prefer the Coolio thing, and that's probably that's the first time I heard it. 
was through uh, Coolio. Uh, but yeah, brilliant song, uh, great chorus, great use of the synthesizer on it. Uh, but it's, again, it's also musically very interesting what's going on in the background. A lot of the rhythm stuff that's being played in the background when you've got the headphones on. It's it's good. Uh, keeps it keeps it kind of moving along as well. So yeah, brilliant song, brilliant song. Okay, so we'll now move on to the top ten selling albums worldwide in 1976. So at number ten is the Greatest Hits by ABBA. At number nine is Wings at the Speed of Sound by Wings. At number eight is Boston and their self-titled album. At number seven is A Night on the Town Rod Stewart. Six is Arri- Arrival by ABBA. At number five is Desire by Bob Dylan. At number four is one of the most famous live albums of all time, Frampton Comes Alive, Peter Frampton. At number three is The Eagles' Greatest Hits, 1971 to 75. At number two is this album we're doing today, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. And the number one selling album of 1976 is Hotel California by The Eagles. Hey, this is Marv from Pods Like Us, the show where we help you to find your next podcast addiction. And you're listening to Trimming the Musical Fat. So we're going to move on to a Stevie Wonder classic, which Paul didn't pick. And that song is, well, Isn't She Lovely? Not to Paul. (laughs) So here's here's a clip of the tune. So that wasn't isn't she lovely? And I think what I said the other day by text when when I got Paul's list of songs that he was putting on that I was going to call the police because a criminal <laughs> act had been committed. Paul had admitted admitted this from his playlist. So um, let me share a couple of facts in relation to the song. Then we'll go straight to Paul to find out what his uh, thought process here. So the song itself kicks off. <laughs> A psychological profile, Davey, of my brother. <laughs> um, so this kicks off side three of the record. Um, and I, I actually did not know this. Um, uh, unbelievable. It was never released as a single in the UK and the US. Isn't that That's crazy? Because it's not good enough. That's isn't that funny. crazy? <laughs> well, but isn't it? I mean, it's one of those songs. Everybody knows this song. It was never a single. I, I find that's mental. But anyway, um, and the reason it wasn't released as a single is because Stevie Wonder refused to let the record company release an edited version. So I think the song's, what, six or seven minutes long. Uh, yeah. They put together a radio version, which was maybe three and a half, but he refused to let uh, have it released as a single, uh, which is why it wasn't. And the crying <clears throat> at the beginning of the song it was me. is actually the first... <laughs> <laughs> is Paul listening to it? Uh, no, the the cry at the beginning is the first cry from a newborn baby, mm-hmm. a genuine newborn baby cry. <laughs> Paul, let's let's go to you. What I would say as well, I actually preferred the edit because I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I'm used to the edit, and I just felt the album version 
it's just oh, just for me it's just very twee and a bit sickly and <laughs> yeah it's just a wee bit like sickly. and I like cheesy stuff but if it's done in the right way but it's just this is sort of like ebony and ivory saccharine you know uh, what's wrong with you man it's about the love for his new his, his daughter his child the excitement and here's here's you yeah, no, behave it, yourself, Stevie. No, it's just, I mean, it's one of his most well-known songs, as you say, and kind of probably more used to, on all the compilations, it was always the edited version, which is pretty, like that one better. But it's just, yeah, just a wee bit too twee for me. Okay, the counter-argument, David? So I actually had this <laughs> written down, and <laughs> it was... I've heard a lot of people refer to this song as Twee and Syrupy, and here we are, and here, there's one yeah. of them. <laughs> so predictable. <laughs> but, but that's generally, I've heard a lot of people say that to me in, in a time, and just to hear you say that just made me laugh when so you said one <laughs> tree, I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I would have to disagree. It's how great must it be to have your, your birth memorialised for all time uh, in a song as great as this? Um, I love. I've, I think, like most of us, we only ever heard the edited version first, which is brilliant. It's three, three minutes, but I think going up to seven, I think that's just uh, past uh, Paul's four minutes threshold for, for too much for crying song. for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so just the, the the stuff he does with his moody or the harmonica, if you're not Scottish, um, I just love the extended version because he just goes in all sorts of direction and you say it's a crying baby but is it, is it not his daughter is it not like audio clips of his daughter in this in the second half of the song yeah like yeah, they're, so, they're, uh, they're baff, baffiner yeah yeah so i love the snippets of his daughter in this too i think uh, i think we all wish we had a song like this written for us by our dad i would say um, it's yeah, better than any whole isn't movie. Isn't he lovely? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't he drink his pints so quick? <laughs> he plays golf now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, for my my take on the song is yeah, I I was always. Uh, obviously really familiar with the radio the, sh- the edited radio version it's the first time I've heard the full uh, seven minute album version there but yeah I mean it's it's, it's sunshine in a song isn't it it just radiates happiness and um, it's a classic and, and and obviously yeah the lyrics are just celebrating the birth birth of his daughter um, Aisha Morris um, and I agree with you Davey it was, it was actually maybe the first time in the album get here, Stevie, play the you know the harmonica, um, really quite high up in the mix, uh, mm. and that's obviously really quite a famous thing these days. Um, but I actually agree with Paul on one point here, where yes, it is three minutes too long. <laughs> it's um, do, uh, we for me, we did not need bath time <laughs> in in the song, right? <laughs> Just didn't need that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, it would be okay, but not them back in Asia. 
<laughs> I would be. I was just thinking other artists should do that. You know how about? Uh, you know, um, we could we could have uh, Taylor Taylor Swift in the shower, singing in the shower, <laughs> something like that. Um, this is this is something that could, that has legs, uh, literally. But yeah, for me, brilliant song. One of Stevie Wonder's best. Hey everyone out there in the podcasting world, this is Widescreen. This is Sam Wiles, you are listening to another episode of the Truing the Musical Vat podcast. Okay, uh, let's go next to a song that, again, we unanimously uh, picked, and that is As, and here it is. Now can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow. So As reached number 36 on the US charts, and it was a song that was covered in 1999 by George Michael and Mary J. Blige for George Michael's um, best of at the time, which I think was Ladies ladies and Gentlemen, no, uh, I no, think was it was it, called. No, was it not Songs from the Last Century? No, that was oh, that a cover one. Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah. you're talking about the compilation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the song was a number four UK hit. Uh, the the cover version anyway was a, a number four UK hit. Uh, so yeah, Paul, as what do you like about really it? good? Yeah, really good song. And like you say, I was only aware of it through having heard the George Michael version. But yeah, it's just really catchy and it quite is. gospely and mm-hmm. upbeat. Yeah, what's not to like? Uh, yeah, Davy. Yeah, so this was like one of the top top songs in the album. It's um one of the first ones to really make the playlist and it's seven minutes long that didn't give you much left to play with considering the, the number of great songs on the album um, but I think the use of the choir really elevates the song mm-hmm. like when his voice gets gruff in the second of the two verses um, <laughs> that, yeah <laughs> we all know sometimes that <laughs> nah, I love that and uh, the keyboard's kind of brilliant <laughs> yeah brilliant tune brilliant tune uh, i'm the same i love the gospel influence on it uh like you paul i heard the george michael version first and mm-hmm. um, before the stevie wonder one uh but again i as much as i really really rate the song that's another one that i think is too long uh the single version is half the length and and i prefer the single one uh, i think it's just a bit more to the point so, yep, next song is Knocked Me Off My Feet, another unanimous choice, and here's a snippet of it now. And makes me
That was Knocks Me Off My Feet. A couple of facts here. So the song um, has been covered by numerous artists, including Kevin Campbell and Luther Vandross. Uh, it was not released as a single, but was um, the B-side to I Ain't Gonna Stand For It, which was released in 1980. And uh, the first two notes on the song were sampled by old Dirty Bastard on his <laughs> 1995 song, Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. <laughs> ODB. I like his album cover if he's... ODB. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it knocks me off my feet. Uh, Paul, what do you like about this? Yeah, it's quite a good quite a good song. And I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, but I just think the length of the song as well, it just makes you, you're more interested in it, I think. If, if it's too long, you just... <laughs> So, so I think it's yeah, it's a good, good song, quite mellow, quite quite chilled. Okay, baby. Um, I tell you what, Stevie's he really can write a love song, can't he? Oh yeah. Um, this song to me, it's like a like taking a bite of a freshly baked donut. <laughs> it warms <laughs> your insides with its sugary sweetness. Um. I often wonder what it must be like to be the person <laughs> that he wrote this song for and how lucky she must have felt when he, she first heard it. Although they were probably got divorced shortly after. I wonder if she now hates the song a bit secretly. <laughs> if she secretly still loves it. But no, it's a great, it's a great love song. It is a beautiful love song. Uh, I love the part after the chorus where he sings, yeah, so I don't want to bore you with it. Uh, beautiful song. Great tune. Singles of the Year, 1976. At number 10 was Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers. At number 9 was Silly Love Songs by Wings. At number 8 was Kiss and Say Goodbye by the Manhattans. At number 7 was Tonight's the Night, It's Alright, Gonna Be Alright by Rod Stewart. At number 6 was December 1963, Oh What a Night by the Four Seasons. At number 5 was Fernando by ABBA. At number four was Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John and Kiki D. At number three was If You Leave Me Now by Chicago. At number two was Behind Rhapsody by Queen. And the number one selling single worldwide for 1970 is Dancing Queen by ABBA. So the final song to make it onto here is Summer Soft, and here it is. So that was Summer Soft, um, and uh, Stevie Wonder wrote and produced this track. <laughs> what a wonderful fact for that one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find that about? I know, that was a, a Google special, that one. Yeah. 
um so yeah that 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 is summer soft and um yeah i'll maybe kick us off in this one i i think the i like the verses best on it and i think the 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 juxtaposition between the verses and chorus is great because obviously it's quite a different song more upbeat uh, when it gets to the the chorus much more propulsive and i think actually stevie wonder's vocals on this song in particular are are really really excellent so yeah tick for me uh davy yeah so if you ask me the songs on the uh, record one uh, really carry this double album i think most oh. of the ones are selected the majority of the songs first record yeah um and they were the hardest ones to cut for me um Agreed. But yeah, I love I love the, the soft intro of this song with just Stevie and the piano and just a like a tiny hit of hint of the cymbals in the background. Then then the bass kicks in as we, we go on, and then the drums kick in as well, and the chorus starts and then he introduces bongos into the mix and then an organ yep. too. Um like just the building of the layers of this is just sublime. Yeah. Yep. Paul. Yeah, it's a good a good song uh, and it's just quite nice and quite upbeat and quite yeah just quite uplifting because that's what I think like what we were just talking about there the first part of the album a lot of these songs whereas I feel the second half is a bit it kind of peters out really the quality Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. this is an example of actually keeping everything going it's good Okay, great. Perfect. Thank you. So there we are. That's the 10 songs that made the TTMS Supercut, which means we are discarding 11 tunes. Uh, And I thought I just might be worth a while just uh, briefly going through these. So the first one uh, is one that I actually picked, which was Easy Going Evening. So A Mother's Cry, which was a song and an instrumental song, uh, which is led by Stevie Wonder's harmonica. And I think this was written, I think... If, if I remember correctly, I'm sure his mother died maybe in '74. Uh, um, so this was a, a, a tribute. I think so. I think so. This was a tribute to her. Uh, so I, 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 I had this on my kind of cut of the album as the final track. So I just thought I, I like the vibe of it. Um, it's just kind of got that John Barry esque midnight cowboy mm. feel to yeah, it, yeah. Um, yeah. which which I which I quite liked. Just a wee instrumental Is thing that to, to end the album. No, Contusions, the kind of very seventies funky instrumental. Uh, this is the one that's led by the harmonica. The final track is the final track on the four oh, yeah. track EP. Um, so yeah, I would have had it on. I really I really liked it. Um. Another star. I know that was one you really liked, Davey. You picked it. Another star. I know. Like, seriously, what is wrong with you guys? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> this song is just like a complete ray of sunshine. Uh, it's Samba vibes just make you want to shake your hips. <laughs> I'd Again, love to see I'm... that, Davey. <laughs> you, would have, you would have went to the Rio Carnival when I was there. Um <laughs> Again, it just adds layers upon layers as the song goes on. I love the piano, the brass, the, the bongos. It's even jazz flute. It's got jazz flute in it. Come on. <laughs> jazz <laughs> and flute. It just... <laughs> and, it, and it also reminds me of the, the World Cup in Brazil because they used that as a theme song, didn't they? When the BBC Did they? Yep. Did the they? In 2014, you know, was it? 
you know, I was going to say to you, it just screams Brazilian and football. Yep. So there we are. If that was it, was it El Daniel? Was it? What was it? That was the. That was the intro. It was it. It was the Brazil's version of Nation Dorma. They used that all the time. Every time the match of the day came on. Oh. Cool. Cool. Okay, uh, another one. I just didn't make it. Was if it's magic, you picked that one. Paul, what do you like about it? I just loved the harp. I just thought it sounded. Mm-hmm. At the start, it reminds me a bit of "She's Leaving Home" and mm-hmm. Eagles. So I just loved the harp. I just loved the sound. It was just nice and peaceful and just different from the other stuff on the album. It was just really mellow. So disappointed that didn't make our cut. But yeah, I think um, it kind of reminds me a bit of. Um... Like Someone in Love by um, Bjork, Bjork's debut album. Right. Uh, That's exactly I, who it reminded me of, Bjork, yep. Yep. Which I think is a better version, uh, a better song than this one. That's why it did make for me. It slowed down, yeah. down a little bit too much. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this tune. I, I agree, I like the harp, so it makes it quite individual. I just liked other songs more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a good song, though. Yep, definitely. Uh, next one. Uh, it didn't go on was one that you picked Paul which was Saturn do you know what it sounds a wee bit like uh, It's Too Late by uh, Carol King It's too mm-hmm. late yeah so it's, it just sounds like that early sort of yeah early 70s chill maybe a bit like what Lionel Richie would do in the late 70s I thought it sounded maybe a wee bit Elton John like as well possibly yeah yeah, decent tune. Mm-hmm. Decent so tune. Some machine-sounding instruments in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh, another one, which uh, I think Paul, you picked, was Ebony Eyes. Yeah. For me, that was the biggest surprise. Now I just found, I just thought it sounded really, really different, and almost like it could have come from a musical or something, or it sounded like a sort of McCartney dance hall song like when i'm 64 or something like that so i, I just thought it was really catchy actually as well or, or a bit like what the scissor sisters maybe would do uh 30 years after this but no i just thought it was a really good really catchy song one of the highlights on the album even though i'd never yeah. heard it before it's like a barroom stomp type one mm-hmm. no i liked mm-hmm. it as well just i liked other ones yeah. more yeah yeah good tune uh all day sucker another one you picked paul which didn't go on it reminded me a bit of Starsky and Hutch or something, you know, that sort of... <laughs> uh, but actually, if I could go back, I would have swapped it for Contusion. Yeah, if I had right. longer, I would have swapped them over and put Contusion in okay. and taken out that one, just because it's a bit longer. And I think... I, I like my notes for all day, sucker. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even been finished. Finished, man. What all it just says is reminds me of something. <laughs> I can't figure out what it is. <laughs> it's, it, it definitely seems like a song well, I've heard before, uh, but I just can't. I, I'll work it out to get back to you. Yeah. Um, well, next one, where none of us uh, went for this one, which was Contusion. Uh, and this is my least favorite song. So the album has got a really dated guitar uh, on it. Obviously, the musicianship and everything is great, yeah. but I could just imagine a 
going on a on a cruise in the seventies and the band playing that while you're having dinner, or or, or being used over a American seventies cop TV show or something like that. I think for oh, yeah. I think for me, I said that I think it was like a bit too busy in terms of like the instruments on there. It's like the jazz funk in there, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I could listen to a full album of songs like this. No, that was a wee bit. If, no, if a full album of songs, like that, I would just <laughs> <laughs> uh, You you like it though, Paul? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Just I just checking. saw the title and I kind of struggled, never mind. You were swapping it for one of your other songs a minute ago. No, 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 I swapped uh, Contusion for... Uh, what song are we talking about? Contusion? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you were talking... I thought you were talking about the word, the one with the long word that you can't really... No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, Confusion's good. Oh, Confusion, no, it's good. as it's known in the ball. <laughs> yeah, what's it called? Yeah. Con- Confusion. Confusion. I-, I think it's, it's a pretty good. instrumental. Yeah. It should have been called good. Confusion. <laughs> Confusion. Confusion <laughs> with <laughs> Contusion. <laughs> no, I, th- I think oh, it's you like quite, it, yeah? groo- quite groovy, yeah. A bit like the average white band or something. Maybe just... Right. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Ordinary Pain, which none of us picked uh, for that one. Uh, um, I, do you know with this song, this I, I would have had this on my cut, right? Ordinary Pain. I think it's a really, really good song. Uh, and the first, it's like the first, the proper part of the song, the first three minutes, actually sound like something Al Green would do. Mm. And it's a really, really good song. And then... After three minutes, jazz funk. It, <laughs> jazz funk for about five minutes, and it's, it just goes on and on and on, uh, which is why I dropped it. Uh, if it had just been that those first three minutes, the old green type thing, would have been a shoe in for a spot on on on, on the super cut for me. But unfortunately, it does not. Uh, what were you, you guys thinking the same? Like I, I said, I'd like no issue with the songs. Um, it's just that. Uh, Probably make my seventy-minute cut. Uh, I, I like the way how it turns halfway around, but like, like you say, there's only so many six-minute songs you can fit into fifty minutes. But right, okay. there's better containers. But no, I, I, I like it. I like it when it goes right. into its uh, new fun. It's a lot better than yeah. the confusion, anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, uh, another one. None of us picked was was Black Man. And with this, this is a disappointing one for me because I think the message of this song and the lyrics on it are brilliant. And it's, it's actually, it's like a history lesson in the song as well. So I, I think yeah. lyrically it is really, really strong. But the actual tune behind it is just so nondescript. It's a real yeah. shame the music was not anywhere near as strong as the lyrics, which is the reason I dropped it. But yeah, I love the lyrics, don't like the music uh, on it. Are you guys the same? Yeah, that was exactly what I had written down here. Like, I love the, the idea of the song, and the, especially the lyrics. 
but it's just the style of the song. It's just it's just too funky, and it's like eight and a half minutes long. This is this is what yeah, I'm really, really too long. It. It's very cool. I think it's like more successful stuff if you if you listen to Living for the City, the extended album version of that. Yeah. that that's that, that's that's a lot better than trying to get a message over and doing it with with style. Um, yeah. I, would, I would go for that, but if you can seek that out, the extended or the album version, uh, Living from the City, rather than the edited uh, radio version, you get the greatest hits. Radio version, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the good. Uh, I still listen the, the first, what was it, the first yeah. person to perform uh, successfully open heart surgery was a black man. Yeah. Did not know that. Um, and was it the first person to. Um, set foot in the North Pole as a black man, uh, right? Something like that. But yeah. uh, so, 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 I mean, uh, that, that's all good stuff. It was all interesting, mm-hmm. but yeah, but the music wasn't the uh, up to up to the same uh, quality. Yeah. Uh, okay, the penultimate can I, one can here. I, can I comment on it? Yep, sorry. Yes, of course. Sorry, <laughs> so, I thought you weren't going to say so anything. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, I was waiting on you to jump in. You didn't jump in. No. Uh, <laughs> probably agree with you guys I think we all agree with, with the sentiment of the song and what it means but it just it just sounds yeah just it's too overindulgent like the music and like you're saying it like David was saying there like living for the city you could you know you don't have to draw something out to make a point you can do it in a way where you get the point across uh, yeah. in a short time so it's just it's a bit no, it's not not a great song, and it's far too long. It's yeah, great. All right, next one, which didn't go on, is "Joy Inside My Tears." Uh, none of us picked it again. Uh, for me, nice ballad. Uh, actually, uh, uh, on some levels, it reminded me a little bit of '70s ELO, but another song for me, which which is I like it, but it's just too long. Um, so it got dropped. Uh, Paul, any comments on this one? It's just a bit like the sounds good. It does sound a bit like yellow. The sounds, but it's just a bit bland. And it, like I say, it's just another example of it's going on. It goes on too long and it loses you. And I think that's the big overwhelming thing for me for this album, which is why we do shows like this because we want to see if can you make it better by cutting some of it out and. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, just a filler for me, really. Yeah, Davey? Yeah, Same for so, you. yeah, it basically says, like, you brought some joy inside my tears, but you, you can't really tell <laughs> from the pacing of the song or the way it's sung. Uh, I, get a, I get more of a tear than a joy fight from this song. Great. Um, it's an awful lot of tears to do for six and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we get ready yeah. to cover that one, Davy. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's not. It's not that depressing, Paul. <laughs> Behave yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and one final track which didn't make it. None of us went for. Um, actually, guys, I'm going to try and pronounce this. And uh, Jaquila is Una Historia. Una Historia. I am singing. Singing. <laughs> uh, es Una Historia. I am singing. Um, and yeah, obviously, <laughs> rather obviously, it's got a Latin type feel. It didn't do much for me, um, this track, so it didn't get picked. Uh, either of you were tempted to pick it? 
Uh, well, I, I, I do, I do like it because I, I do like the Latin vibe. Um, but for just for some reason, yeah. it reminds me of music used in like a, a Sega game back in the nineties, and I, I'm not, I can't quite put my finger <laughs> on it. I'm not sure if it's like some Sonic the Hedgehog or Chucky Echo Egg. the Dolphin. <laughs> maybe they just used it as a sample, but it definitely sticks out as being a Sega game. <laughs> okay. Uh, any thoughts, Paul? No, just kind of what you have said, really. Yeah. Okay, so the top five selling Stevie Wonder singles worldwide are at number five, Sign Sale Delivered Down Yours. At number four, Part Time Lover. At number three, Sir Duke. At number two, just called Say I Love You. And at number one is Superstition. Alrighty, so thank you for that, guys. So let's just uh, reveal the supercut of Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, so the songs that are getting on are Love's in Need of Love Today, Sir Duke, I Wish, Pastime Paradise, As, Knocks Me Off My Feet, Summer Soft, Isn't She Lovely, Village Ghetto Land, and Have a Talk with God. So we have 10 songs coming in at 46 minutes. So we've made our time limit. So the important question, I'll come to you first, Paul. What is your new rating out of five uh, for the, the Supercut here? And do you prefer it over the original album? Yes, I do prefer it over the original album. I'd say because it's not got uh, Ebony, Ebony Eyes Ebony on Ice. it. Unfortunately, that's not going to be on it. So I would say 3.5, so it's went up. We've not got some space to put Ebony Eyes on there. I think we've got four minutes to play. We could yeah. do that, actually, but that would be cheating. Uh, it would be cheating, um, but <laughs> we, we, well, that, we can put it on as a hidden bonus track. There we go. <laughs> I was just thinking so of the on it. It's on there. It's a hidden track. <laughs> uh, it's a hidden track. It's up to okay, a four. Okay. Uh, what about what about you, Davy? <laughs> yeah. So I would say it's it could have been better, but because you've not got another star on there. Um, I'm going to rate it exactly the same. I was not born if, today. Anyway. I could, if I was allowed to, my own personal cut, I would say it would elevate up to 4.75. But if I could get a 70 minute cut, I reckon this could be a five okay. star for me. Right. Well, I was four previously. Uh, the super cut I'd put up to 4.5. And uh, yes, yeah, so I do prefer it. And for, for me, as I went through this album, one of the things I just thought, there, there's some songs that I left off, which I liked, which could easily have got on a 50-minute cut if some of those other songs that I picked were edited down. <laughs> uh, most most of the songs that I could yeah, knock no, I um, you know, a couple of minutes off, and then I'd have space probably three, what, three more songs or something, mm. or four more songs. Um, yeah, and that maybe then would have got to a five. Yeah. So there we go. But we've, we've managed to fit onto a single vinyl record, so we've done that. There we are. Even with Paul's hidden track. <laughs> hey. So, um, if you want to listen to the TTMF Supercut of Songs in the Key of Life uh, on Spotify, join our Facebook group where we'll share the link along with our own playlists. The news stories from 1976 was the first commercial Concord flights take off. It was the bi-centennial celebrations in the US. In number three, there was a big heat wave in the UK and it brings worse, the worst drought on record. So it's the final questions. 
So, Davy and Paul, so to preserve his mystique and legend, when would it have been the best time for Stevie Wonder to retire as a recording artist? So, I'll come to you first, Paul. I don't think he needs to stop. I think he can keep on going because nobody really... People still want to see him. Uh, I haven't heard anything new of his probably since the 80s, maybe. But it doesn't really bother me. I'd still want to go and see him. You know, I'm happy that he still makes music. It's not stuff that I'd probably listen to, but I'm happy that he does it. It kind of uh, flies under the radar, really, compared mm. to most legends, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, even, even as a direct comparison, McCartney or Bruce Springsteen or somebody like that, he, he kind mm. of flies under the, the radar, Davey, doesn't he? Yeah, because I think he's got so many great songs that, and his back catalogue has been so influential with other people. Um, I think quite a lot of people might not even know when he would last release an album. So they probably, yeah, I know. like myself included, yeah. so I couldn't have pinpointed a time when he yeah, yeah. he'd stop. But all I know is, like, having seen him live four years ago, what a privilege it was, and how how amazing he was. So I'm so glad he never stopped. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and the final question. Um, so, uh, now I think it was Rolling Stone did a, a reader's poll. And the question was, what is Stevie Wonder's greatest song? So the, the, then uh, they, they shared what the, the top 10 was. What do you guys reckon was the readers' favourite Stevie Wonder song? So, Davey, come to you first. I would like to think it would be my one, uh, my Sharia more, but I think stuff like Lately... Living for the city, something like that, maybe. Okay. What do you think, Paul? Sort of, I sort of think of him, um, it's funny, more as a singles artist in the 60s and an album artist in the 70s. Yes. A lot of artists. I, think uh, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So yeah. I would probably, I'd, I'll go for maybe one of these 60s ones, actually, so even talking about the 70s, maybe for once in my life. Yeah. For once in my life. Oh, that's a great mm -hmm. tune. Great yeah. tune. I thought that was a 70s one, actually. No, no. Ah, cool, cool. Alrighty. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let me share with you what the top 10 is. Count down, see if you, you got them right. Uh, right, so at number 10 was Boogie on Reggae Woman. Number 9, I believe when I fall in love, it will be forever. Now, that's another mm -hmm. song where I heard, I think it was Josh Groban. That's the first time I heard the mm -hmm. song and didn't realise it was a Stevie Wonder cover. That's a great tune. A, Overjoyed. Number seven, I Just Called to Say I Love You. Oh, there we go. Not a lot of people remember the 1984 Gene Wilder sex comedy, The Women in Red. <laughs> uh, <laughs> six, I Wish, which we've talked about today. Yeah. At number five, another one we talked about today, Sir Duke. Number four, absolute classic, Higher Ground. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think actually the first time I heard that that was the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah, cover Red version Peppers. which was released as a single uh, another song we talked about tonight uh, number three As mm -hmm. number two Living for the City there we go Living for the City album version listen to it <laughs> so there we are Living for the City and number one Superstition Superstition yep that's interesting. I don't think there was any 60s songs, was there? Nope. 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 I'm just trying to see if there was a, 
a mandate there. Readers pull the 10 greatest TV wonder songs. Yep. So... <laughs> see, your, see your pussy there, Davey. Just appeared from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, obviously, that's the, what, what people remember. But yeah, it's actually, it was, I think, David, you're talking about his best of their greatest hits type. When I remember, uh, I annually bought that. And I remember looking at the back thinking, my God, there's so many songs that you actually yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable amount of good songs. Uh, okay. On a par with greatest hits to the Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, easily. What's quite eerie, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, it's actually... It's so like the night John Lennon got murdered and Stevie Wonder's live on the stage and he's just hearing it and I think it's in between a song. It's quite it's quite quite shocking. You're just he's on stage somewhere in America and he just tells the audience that what's happened to John Lennon and the, and the reaction, they're all like upset and shocked and he's like shocked sitting at the piano. It was just I don't know, I found it on YouTube or something. It was just quite mm. he's like live on stage and he's just heard that John Lennon's died. Murdered. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that. Yeah, it's yeah, like the it's quite, quite shocking, and the yeah. whisperings. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he announces like it, doesn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't shocked. I'm not saying that I expected for it to happen to him, but I expected that in time that kind of thing would begin to happen. Unfortunately, to artists, to those that express how they feel in that form, I'm so very sorry. And so very broken-hearted. Did it happen? And well, on that happy note, uh, <laughs> well, St- Stevie's knocked us off our feet tonight, but it's time to end our easy-going evening. So thanks to Davy for joining us. So thank you, Davy. No problems. Uh, thanks to you all for listening, and until next time, keep on trimming. That podcast is a Stephen and Paul Nicholson production. Contact us via voicemail by going to anchor.fm forward slash ttmf forward slash message or tweet us at at musical trimming or email us at trimmingthemusicfat at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group or visiting our website www.trimmingthemusicalfat.com.